Okay, let's going to continue our message or our series that we're doing. Uh, basically, we're talking about cultivating our culture. We're in week two. Now, for those of you that haven't been here, let me explain to you what we've been doing. February has been kind of an interesting month, uh, and, and we started in January at the very, very end. We're talking about the mission of Broomfield, the mission that God has placed on my heart that we are supposed to be focusing in on, and that's helping people discover and grow in Jesus. Uh, if you didn't notice it, um, you probably couldn't have missed it. Um, we have basically put our, our mission on the wall out there, and we've begun to put these culture items out there. Uh, Marissa Hawk, and I'm sure the kiddos uh, helped her with that, has, has put those up there and done a fantastic job. I'm sure she doesn't like me doing this, but I'm going to anyway. Thank you so much, Marissa. Those will continue to come up as we go through the month, and um, I think they look amazing. I'm very excited about them, so um, make sure you check those out before you head on out. But basically what we've been doing here is talking about our culture, talking about what we feel like God wants us to be, the traits of this place, kind of that idea. And we always start in Genesis 2.15. And in Genesis 2.15, we basically see God taking Adam, putting him in the garden, and basically telling him to do something. It's basically this. It says, then the Lord God took the man put him into the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. I believe that we have been created to cultivate things, and that is what God has for us. And we need to understand that. When we talk about cultivation here, what we're talking about is things that we will work at, things that we will give special attention to, and we will encourage those things and foster them to grow. Last week, we talked about a couple. Now, I should mention this as well, so in case you weren't here last week, you understand. Basically, what we're doing is we're giving these a little bit of a fun little saying that is easy to remember. Uh, that is because I enjoy those little sayings and because I grew up hearing those sayings from my family. Uh, and basically, then we talk about the things that we're cultivating. Last week, we talked about the first one was as family we go, and basically, we cultivate relationships. Uh, and basically, Basically how important that is and how vital that is. We also talked about how it's, it's okay to not be okay. And we talked about uh, basically uh, cultivating authenticity. So today we always go through two. We have basically six more uh, that we're going to go through for the, the remainder of the month. And, uh, and in this time, I pray and I hope that God is basically birthing some things in your life, helping you see some cool things that God has for us and some things that we desire to be. It's not things that necessarily we are perfect at or that we are doing all right now. It's not even things that we're going to lay out and say that we're going to do A, B, C, and D. It's just basically helping us understand our DNA and who God's called us to be. So before we start and really get into this, let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, you are so good. Father, you are so awesome and strong and mighty. And so, Father, we, we just give this whole service as we already have to you. Father, I pray that you would just speak through me. I need you right now. I want to communicate the words and the ways that you want me to communicate. Father, because the bottom line is without you, just talking. But, Father, with you, with your anointing, with your spirit. Father, you're going to change us. You're going to help us to grow. And that's what we desire. So, Father, we love you. We thank you. You are so good. In Jesus' name, amen. This first one that we're going to talk about is, is, is one that, in some ways, um, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about sharing and not anxious about sharing because, because of the topic it is, um, I, I want, people can tend to run to a place, okay? I want to challenge you on something, okay? Don't run there yet. Give me about five minutes 
and then if you choose to run there, then, then that's fine. But give me five minutes to explain before you run to the place that you all, I know you're all going to run to. Okay, is that fair? Is that good? Okay, okay let, me, let me help you. Everybody look at me. Everybody look. Okay, watch. Okay, this is tough. Wait, I'll get up here so everybody can see me. Got it? This means yes. This means no. This means I really probably didn't get enough sleep last night, okay? Okay, so, so let's try again. Does everybody understand? Everybody? Okay, good, good. This help, let me, uh, can I, can I, can I, can I yeah, I mean, this is good to me. This lets me know you haven't yet fallen asleep. This, you know, even if you are, train yourself to, to sleep nodding, you know? Okay, that'll help me. That'll be important to me. So, so, so I, I do kind of start this with a little bit of like, uh, but at the same time, I'm going, no, 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 this is good. This is important that we understand that. And this is, this is what we're going to be talking about, the first one. And it's this. It's basically this. He says, he gave extravagantly, so we give extravagantly. And basically what this is, is we cultivate generosity. I'm going to start with a verse that everybody knows. Everybody knows, but I want you to focus in on this for just a second, okay? Here it comes. For God loved the world so much that he gave. For God loved the world so much that he gave. Now, we've heard this since we were, as, as where I grew up, I would say this all the time. Um, we've heard this since we are knee, have been knee-high to a duck. Okay? But do we really understand what we have been given? Do we really understand something? Listen, this is something we need to understand about generosity. Our God is a giver. His creation screams giving. You want proof? Listen, we, there's this ball up in the sky right now that's hot and flaming, and it gives something. It's called heat, and it's called light. You go outside, and you look at a tree. What is it doing? It's taking in certain things, putting out certain things so we can breathe. You sit under the same tree, and the sun's in the right place. It gives shade. All of God's creation screams giving. You look at the mountains and you get pleasure from the beauty of them. Everything gives and gives and gives and gives. You know who doesn't give? Sinful man. Sinful man has fallen and has become a person that does not give. And I want to cultivate generosity. And I'm not talking about money. We're going to talk about that in a second because that's a part of this. But this is more than just money. We want to be generous in our love. We want to be generous in our forgiveness. We want to be generous in how we love one another and care about one another. We want to be generous with our time. We want to be generous with the things that we are given by God. Remember, this isn't about how much you give. It's about the fact that you don't bury your talent in the ground. Look at this. This is interesting. Let's go to the next verse here in 2 Corinthians 9. It says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Listen, I promise you, I am not going to get up here and talk to you and guilt you and beat you over the head with giving. That's not the situation. One of the things, I, you, know, you guys are figuring this out. Some people have nicknames for me. I, I love Christmas. You know the, one of the best things about Christmas is? 
given stuff. It's, I remember when I was a kid, you know, it was, it was, it was what you're going to get. It's what you're going to get, what you're going to get. When I've grown up, I've learned something. What's so cruel is when you give something. Listen, I love this. I told you this before. I have a list in my phone, which is password protected, of Christmas ideas and birthday ideas for my wife and for my son. Why? Because I love to give. I love to listen and hear the things that she would like. And I write them down and I get them and I sit there like a little kid and I just go, this is going to be so great. Christmas at our house is kind of a great thing, but it's also kind of scary because, like, Emily knows how much effort I've put into this. And so she's kind of, like, scared, like, what if I don't like this, you know? And I'm like, if you don't like it, it's okay. But you can just tell. She's like, I don't want to hurt your feelings, which is sweet. But I love to give. Giving is not about being stingy. It's about being willing to say, here's all I have. It's all that I have is yours. And I do that because I follow the heart of the Father. The Father is a giver. You've got to understand that. Jesus is a giver. He laid down his life. No one took it from him. He gave it all. And here's the bottom line. If we are to be like Jesus, then we need to be givers too. Period. End of discussion. End of story. Because that is the heart of our Father. Everything he created gives. Everything he's done is about giving us something. Think about it. God takes our sin and our shame and our guilt and he gives us joy and peace and love. He doesn't just take things from us. He gives us things in its place. We want to be that way. We want to be that type of individual. Listen, have you ever gotten something from somebody and you can just tell it was just kind of not given with the spirit of love that you would hope? It's almost like, well, it's your birthday. Of course, you have to have a birthday right here in this time. Uh, can you break a 10? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who wants that? No, no I'm I'm Illustration. Fun. I know you do. You get what I'm saying here? Nobody wants that. No one wants you to do something out of... Listen, listen. this is going to sound weird coming from maybe pastor man, okay? But you got to take pastor man and realize I'm not usually like normal pastor man, okay? God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money, folks. God has 10,000 cattle on 10,000 hills or something like that. God doesn't need your money. But yet Jesus talked a lot about money. Why? Why is this so important? Jesus talked a ton about this. And here's the reason I believe why. It's because Jesus knew that this was something that humanity was going to deal with until he came back and made everything new again. This was going to be something that we could focus in on and see. I believe giving is a thermometer that measures the temperature of a human being in certain ways. Let's go to this next scripture. It's found, excuse me, it's found in Mark. This is a beautiful story and one that we need to understand very much when it comes to generosity and understanding it. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor wo- widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called the disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow 
has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, and this is important, check this out, has given everything she had to live on. She gave everything she had to live on. Now stop and think about that. Let's be logical for a second. If I've given all I have to live on, what do I have left to live on? Nothing. Nothing. We know this story. We've heard this story. Oh, it's a great story. Oh, the, the widow's mites. Do you realize she didn't just give? She gave everything. Now, if she gave everything, that meant something. Jesus here is not necessarily talking about the amount that is given. He's not necessarily talking just about those things. He's talking about them in part. But he's talking here about an individual who has put their complete and total trust in God. Complete and total. This is a widow. Okay? You have to understand this. Widows do not have income. They are completely and totally... Basically, needing the help of others. She puts in all she has. I truly believe this. Giving and generosity on every level is a thermometer that will take the temperature of your trust and your faith in God. It is. And how do I know that? Because I struggle with it too. Because I'll sit there and I'll go, God, I know I'm supposed to do this. God, I know. But God, what about this? And what about the mortgage? And what about the, the kid? And what about this and that and this and that? She gave everything she had. Because she trusted completely and totally in God. And it's not just about money here. A lot of times people don't give because they're afraid. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about they don't give of themselves. What if I'm not good enough? What if I don't do this well enough? What if I can't do this right? What if people look at me and they don't think I did a good job? We hold back because we are afraid because we don't trust what God has commanded us to do. Which is share and give and live a generous life. Listen, I mean this with as much love as I can. Again, Christmas, sorry, you'll understand. One of the things I usually read every Christmas is a Christmas carol. Because that, I'm that guy, okay? Unfortunately, in the church, there's times where I'll see a lot of people who are living like Scrooge. Everything's mine. Everything's mine. I worked for it. I did this. I did that. I did it. This is mine, 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 mine. It's like we watch uh, uh, Finding Nemo. And some of you know where I'm going. And the birds. And they're flying around. And what do they say? Mine. 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 Guys, listen. Nothing is yours. Everything you have has been given to you by God. Everything. You want? Watch. 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 Everybody look at me. Okay, this is good. Okay. This is more interactive message day, I guess. I don't know. This wasn't a plan. This is happening. Okay. Everybody ready? Okay. Follow me. This will be tough, but I know you can do it. Breathe in. Breathe out. Should we do it again? Breathe in. Breathe out. Where'd you get the air? You, you, you didn't do anything 
besides do the thing that God created you to do to live. You didn't make that air. You didn't turn carbon dioxide into oxygen. You didn't even form your own body that knew how to take that air in and live. Do you understand how much you've been giving? I want to do an exercise before we continue, and I really want you to do this. Please, please, please do this, because I think it'll change some things. I want you to all do this. Close your eyes, okay? I'm not doing anything, nothing weird. Just close your eyes, because I want you to focus. I want you right now, every single one of you, to think about all that you have been given. Let me help you out with this. Air, family, friends, health, jobs, homes, cars, love, forgiveness, Jesus. I truly believe when we get to the place where we understand how much we have been given, it's easy to drop in everything into the box. And I'm not talking money. I'm talking us. All of us. Every part of us. The Bible is very clear. To whom much is given, much is required. I want us to be a church. I want us to be a family that is generous with all aspects of our life. There is nothing in our world, there is nothing that we hold in our hearts and hold in our hands that we can't say, God, it's yours. It's all yours. We want to get back to where God created us to be, which is a family of givers, a family that is willing to do all we can to not just help ourselves, but to help others. We've got to understand that. We've got to get to that place. And here's the deal. Remember I told you at the beginning, give me five minutes, so maybe I went a little bit further or longer than that, because I knew people were probably going to go to money, okay? I get that. I understand that. And just remember, Jesus talked about it a lot because it's a thermometer. We see who we are and where we're at sometimes by being willing to give up the stuff that we hold most dear. Jesus doesn't go to the prostitute and say, if you're willing to give up your money, you can follow me. But he does to the rich man. Let's be willing to give all that we are, all that we have, and live a generous life in all aspects. Next, Next, the second one, the last one for today. We are not afraid to get out of the boat. And this is about we we cultivate faith. We are not afraid to get out of the boat. Look at Matthew 14. Very familiar portion of scripture. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Jesus obviously at this point uh, has sent his disciples off on their boat. And Jesus is now walking on the water. And now, of course, they're, they're scared to death. And so Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called to him. I love Peter. Peter, Peter. I, I'm convinced, is I'm a lot like Peter. Because a, a big mouth with not always a lot of common sense, okay? So then Peter called to him. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Now, remember, this is written in a story. This is written, Matthew's writing this. I don't know about you, but I love to add like my own little understanding of the situation. 
you know, because I think that's how it goes. There's not like, as you read it, it's not like it just goes, okay? So here's the situation. Jesus is walking on the water. Peter calls out and says, hey, if it's you, tell me to come. Jesus goes, yes, come. And then there's this awkward pause and silence. And I could just see Peter going, he, he didn't just tell me to do that, right? Like, he's going to, like, Matthew, going, Matthew, seriously. He was, that was, I didn't hear that right. And you could tell, Matt, I just, I just picture Matthew is doing this. Matthew could just look at him, he's like, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> Laughing. Go ahead. Go ahead, big mouth. Go ahead. Jesus called you. Get on the water. And Peter gets out of the boat, and he walked on the water towards Jesus. Now, we love to talk about Peter. We love to talk about, oh, you know, in our pious state, in our super spiritual world, oh, Peter, if only thou had keeping thy eyes on the Lord, thou had not sinketh below the waveths. Hey, Peter got out of the boat. Eleven guys stayed in. Eleven guys stayed in. It took a lot of courage to get out of that boat. It took a lot of really soul-searching to get out of that boat. Remember, these aren't calm waters, folks. This isn't a nice, smooth, glassy sea. This is a storm is raging. This is fishermen who have lived on the sea being pretty upset about the storm that's going on. Jesus has walked out to them. It has scared them half to death. They don't know really what's going on. They're confused. They're trying to say, who is this? What's going on? There's confusion. There's, there's all this stuff. And Jesus says, come on. Now, I'm just going to be blatantly obvious or, or, or honest with you as I possibly can. I would have stayed in the boat. And if you would have gotten out of the boat, well, good for you. I would have stayed in the boat. You say, but Jesus called. You know what, folks? Jesus calls us a lot of times, and we stay in the boat. Jesus says, I need you to do this, or I want you to do that. I want you to do this situation. And you know what? We stay in the boat. We begin to make excuses. We begin to say, but the storm. But, but, but the waves. But, 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 Peter got out of the boat. Did he sink? Yes, he did. But before he did, he walked on water. And when he did, Jesus was right there. And then we have this really interesting exchange where Jesus looks at him and says, why did you doubt? Why do you have such little faith? And in that moment, sometimes I've heard people say, oh, Jesus is, is correcting Peter. Jesus is, is disappointed with Peter. No, I don't believe he was. I think Jesus was sad. I think Jesus was sad that Peter was not able to make it all the way to him. And he used it as a teaching experience. He taught, he taught Peter in that moment. This, listen, if you have this idea that when that happened, Jesus was like, how dare you? How dare you doubt me? Listen, Jesus knew Peter was going to get out of the boat. Jesus knew that Jesus was gonna, Peter was going to sink. Jesus knew that at that moment he would reach out and grab him. And yet Jesus did something pretty cool. He still said, get out of the boat. A lot of times we will let our fear of sinking keep us from walking on the water. Jesus knew all that. He understood all that. He was completely aware of what was going to happen. And yet he still said, come. 
You realize that God is not going to allow your failures in things to keep you from walking on water. He says, come. Listen, Jesus and God are calling us to get out of the boat. That takes faith. That takes courage. That takes the ability to say, God has told me to do something. I'm going to do it. You still may on that journey sink. When you do, God will be right there to pick you up and keep walking with you. Because here's the thing you've got to understand. Peter sinks, right? God reaches, grabs him up, lifts him up. How do they get back to the boat? They walked together on the water back to the boat. We don't see here Jesus going, and then they're back on the boat. They go together back to the boat. So even after the failure, even after the mess up, even after the, if you just had kept your eyes on me, they're still able to do something incredible together. We're not going to allow fear of failure to keep us from dreaming big because I believe with all my heart that God has great things in store for us. But it won't happen if we're too afraid and hiding in a boat. It just won't happen. It won't be what God has for us because God has miraculous, amazing things for us to do. And for too long, we've kind of just... Hit in the boat. Oh, it's scary out there. Oh, people are mean out there. Oh, oh, but all the anxiety. Oh, my goodness. Oh, can you imagine all the culture? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Hide in the boat. Hide in the boat. Hide in the boat. I think that's what most churches do. They just hide in the boat. It's safe in the boat. You won't sink in the boat. Let's stay in the boat. Listen, God never called you to stay in a boat. God called you to walk on water. God called you to do amazing things for him. Every single one of us. We're not going to stay in the boat. And you know what? There may be times, I was going to tell you now, we're going to do something and we're going to sink. We're going to have these ideas and we're like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And then afterwards, we're going to go, oh, Well, we'll never do that again. But we're not going to let failure keep us from trying. We're not going to allow the storms keeping us out of where we are supposed to be. We're going to walk on water. And we may sink a couple times, so that's okay. But we are going to walk on water. Look at this next verse that we have talking about faith. It says in Matthew 17, it says, I tell you the truth. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. I want to ask you a simple question. Do you really believe that? We heard it. I, I remember being in children's church. And you know, I think this was like, like commandment. You know, you like had to do this if you were a children's pastor. And that is basically at some point from the age of first grade into sixth grade, at some point your children's pastor had to give you a mustard seed. Which was crazy because mustard seeds are tiny. And you give a, a bunch of kids mustard seeds and guess what happens? Mustard seeds all over the floor. No mustard seed that had been given to a child has ever even got to the car, let alone the house. They disappear because they're tiny. Which is kind of the point. 
If we can have faith like that, if we can have faith like that, we can tell a mountain to move, and it will. So here's my question. Why aren't mountains moving very much or very often? And you can say, oh, well, Aaron, bless your heart. You, You know Jesus was talking figuratively there, right? Okay, figuratively, why are we not seeing mountains move? I'll give you that. Figuratively, why aren't we? Well, according to this, it's because we don't have the faith the size of a mustard seed. That's what it says, folks. And listen, this isn't to make you feel guilty or horrible. Oh, I don't have enough faith. No, 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 no. This is about going, hey, I, I want to I have faith like that. God here is not saying, have faith the size of a coconut. He's not saying, have faith the size of a watermelon. He gives him a very, very small target to shoot for. And listen, I, I think we can do this. I do. I believe that as a family, we can do this. That in, in those moments, listen, in those moments as a family where my faith is gone and my mustard seed has been lost and didn't never make it to the car, I believe that you can come beside me, put your arm around me and have faith and help me to have more faith. You see, that's what this is all about. It's about understanding there's going to be times where things are hard and things are difficult. And as a family, we go together, we work together and say, listen, I know you don't have faith right now, but I'll have faith for you. I don't know how many times my wife has looked at me and said, Aaron, I know your faith is gone. I know you're having a hard time right now, but I believe for you. I want to do that for each other. Because there's going to be times where things are just so hard and things are so confusing and things are like, what are we going to do? And God is going to use us to be a part of that in each other's lives and say, listen, if you don't have a mustard seed, I do, and we're going to do this together. And mountains are going to move and things are going to happen that are going to change everything. But we got to get out of the boat. Listen, I'll say this as clearly as I can. You were not created for the boat. It's time to get out. You are in a place that you were not created to be. You say, but Aaron, you don't understand. You don't understand what I'm facing. You don't mustard seed. I know it's hard. I know it's not easy. Mustard seed. Just enough. Have just enough. And I truly believe that God is going to meet those needs and God is going to work in those areas. He may not do it the way you think it should be done. And in that, you should say hallelujah because God knows better than you. But it's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. We're going to get out of the boat. We are. And yeah, it's going to be scary. And we're going to do things that are going to take some faith. Now listen here. Follow me here. Not foolishness. Faith. We're not going to get on top of a building, jump off of it and say, God save me. That's foolishness. But here's the crazy thing. If God says, get on the top of a building, jump off, and here's a parachute... As scary as that's going to be, we're going to trust the parachute's going to open. But we're not going to sit there on the sidelines and sit there and go, oh, but, 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 the storm, oh, oh, but that's high. Or, or God, do you know what happens to human beings when they hit concrete at, at 55 miles an hour? We're going to allow God and his faith to rise in us 
and allow those things to take place in us. We, listen, as individuals and as a body, we are going to walk on water. And I would love for you to come with us. I would love for you to come with us. Don't stay in the boat. Don't stay in the boat. You were created for it. If the worship team would come on up, we're going to close. I've been trying, and, I, and some of these will go really well. I, I mentioned this last week. When it comes to these, these, oh, excuse me. When it comes to these things, we're not doing them in any particular order or importance or anything like that. I, I'm kind of trying a little bit, and some of it will be easier than others, to kind of put some together that kind of flow together just a little bit. And, and, and some are going to flow better than others and things like that. They weren't written in a way that they were supposed to go together. It's just kind of the way it happened. But I really believe this is one of those weeks where things kind of flow together. I, I truly believe for you to be able to be as generous as God has asked you to be and God wants you to be, it's going to take some faith. It's going to take you being willing to get out of the boat. Now here's, here's what's amazing about getting out of the boat. Peter doesn't get out of the boat until Jesus tells him to come. Okay? He sees Jesus. Jesus expresses who he is. It's me. Don't be afraid. But he doesn't get out of the boat until Jesus says, come. We will do everything as we possibly can to only get out of the boat when Jesus says, come. But when Jesus says, come, we're getting out of the boat. I don't care how big the storm is. I don't care how big the waves are. I don't care how much the lightning flashes and all that we are getting out of the boat and you say well I don't know if I trust you to know when God says get out of the boat then you better be praying for me that I will because I don't take that lightly listen we're having a marriage class in, a, in like a month you think that I just said oh you know we're just not doing anything I guess we'll just go ahead and do that no way I prayed about that I, stuck, I, I seek God's face for that. I, I had a couple of options like, God, do we do this one or do we do that one? What? I mean, and God opened doors and shut doors. It was really cool. And you go, well, well I don't, I, I, I've never done a Wednesday night. I've never done a, a marriage class. Get out of the boat. My marriage is great. My marriage is, is awesome. My marriage isn't good. My marriage, what? Get out of the boat. There's going to be times we're going to say, listen, folks, this is what we believe God has called us to do and be and you're going to go I don't know if I agree with that pray about it listen to God's voice and if he says get out of the boat get out of the boat sometimes God looks at us and says it's time for you to start giving not just monetarily but giving yourself and giving listen, listen I'll, I'll tell you this Christians do this better than let me say rephrase that they don't do this better than anything I, that didn't make sense either give me a second the thing that we have, the hardest thing, is not giving our money as Christians. It's giving ourselves. They've hurt me. Do you know what they said to me? Do you know what they did to me? you know what that pastor did? And so we, we, we crawl up into a boat. We take our blanket, we put it over our heads.
And we may give our money, but we won't give ourselves. Listen to me and hear me. I'll say it again. God doesn't need your money. But God wants you. You have something so amazing to give. You go, but Aaron, I can't give anything. Listen, I won't say who it is because I don't want to embarrass them. But somebody gave me a hug last week and you have no idea what that meant to me. Now, if your arms are broken, I'll give you that. You can, you can miss that one. But I'm looking, I don't see any casts. We can all give something. We can all do something. And we can give all that we have, knowing that God will take care of us. We don't have to hold back our love, our concern. We, we can give it all because God is going to come right behind us and fill us up again. We can live with that type of faith because we know he loves us. We know what his word says. And it can change everything. It's time to get out of the boat. And it's time to live a life that understands how much he gave. And if we're going to be like him, we're going to give all that we can too. Because God gave everything for us. Now it's our turn to give it all back to him. Because it's all his anyway. So like we did last week, we're going to pray. And like we did last week, I would ask that if you want this, if this is, you want this to be a part of this place and your church, that, Father, that you would in this moment, that you would begin to, as I pray, commit yourself to these two things. That you would begin, not just listening to me pray, but that you would begin to pray and say, Father, I commit myself, not my wife, not my kids, me. I commit myself to living these ways. I commit myself to cultivating generosity in all aspects of my life. I commit to, to, to cultivating faith in all areas of my life. This is a personal time. This is all of us looking in the mirror and saying it starts with me. It doesn't start with me. It starts with all of us as individuals making a choice and saying, God, with your help, I will do these things. So if that's what you want, if that's your desire, pray with me and make that commitment right now to your Father. Not to me, not to an organization, not to a building, but to God. And then after we're done, the worship team is going to come back and lead us in a closing song. Father, we love you. And Father, right now, as we did last week, as we're doing this week, as we will do the next two weeks, we commit ourselves to these things. We are not going to just talk about them. We're not going to just throw them up on the wall and forget about them. We will be these things. We will cultivate these things. We will work on these things. We're not going to be perfect all the time, but we're going to continue to focus in on them and do the best we can with your help. And so, Father, right now, as the leader that you have placed in this place, verbally and publicly, I commit myself to cultivate generosity in every aspect of my life. 
that, Father, I would give more of my time, that I would give more of my treasures, and I would give more of my talents to you in all areas. That, Father, not only would I give those things to you, but I would give them to others. That, Father, I would take and understand that right in that moment, what matters most is that person that's standing right in front of me, not me. That I would take the focus off of my situation and I'd put it on other people. Father, I commit to live a life that cultivates generosity. And Father, I pray that you would help me when I'm scared to get out of a boat. It's easy when the, when the, when the waves are calm. It's easy when there's nothing going on and everything's fine and everything's peachy keen, jelly bean. But God, when things are hard and things are difficult and the storm rages and you say, come, I tend to want to hide in the boat. And God, I know you didn't create me to be in the boat. And so Father, right now, I commit with everything that I am that I will do all that I can to get out of that boat that I will muster up the courage and the muster up the faith to step out and walk on the water. And Father, if we sink, then I'll have the faith and the trust to know that you'll be right there to lift us up and we'll walk together. I commit myself. And I know, Father, these commitments without your help will fail. But Father, I also believe with your help, we cannot fail. And so I commit myself. And Father, I pray for all those that are committing their, them, themselves right now. That we would do those things. That we would live those things out. That they would become a part of who we are. As individuals and as a family. Because as family we go. And so we give it all to you. Knowing that you can help us and you can change us. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.